I did something that I should not have done this morning. I had already gotten up early um, and prayed. I, I should have done that. That's not what I'm going to talking about. Um, got ready, and so I thought, you know, uh, because I am doing a follow-up on what's next that Pastor has been doing, I think I'll go back and listen a little bit to some of the things that he said. And I was fine when I looked at last week because he had on white shirt and jeans and, and white tennis shoes. But then I went to the week before that, and you know what he was wearing? And I thought, oh, great. It, it's too late to go change now. So I just wanted, I'm not trying to be like him. Actually, if I were, I would be Sawyer 3.0 because I'm too big to be 1.0, okay? But I do appreciate every time Pastor gives me an opportunity to to speak uh, and I give God praise for it. Let me ask you to go ahead and open your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 13 and we'll get there in just a little while. Uh, I'm not going to forget about it. But I am, as I said earlier, going to do a follow-up on what's next. What's next? We're living in a day when things are changing so quickly. Um, I'm 69 years old, but I have seen so much change uh, in the world just in my 69 years. Computers, speed, and power have generally been doubling every one and a half to two years since the 60s and 70s. Uh, I can remember when IBM was the big computer company and they had rooms, I mean rooms that took care uh, of the computers that they worked on. But the growth that we have seen just in computers is exponential growth. And now, uh, to top all that off, we have AI. How many of you know what AI is? Artificial intelligence. Uh, we have a lot of artificial intelligence. Oh God, I'm already into it. I was going to say in Washington, but nevertheless, um, we have artificial intelligence that uh, is doing a lot. I know that they're using it in the medical field uh, and it seems to be helping. Although I'll be honest with you, I'm a little bit scared of the potential of what AI can do, but that's entered into the mix. 55 years ago, just going back to 1968, everybody had, I mean, everybody had landlines, a telephone in the house. Either it was hooked on the wall or it sat on a desk. Everybody had that. In 1968, nobody had an email address. Probably majority, 99.9% didn't even know what an email was, even if I don't even know if they had come up with emails in 68. And now in 2023, we have cars that can drive themselves. I say, no, 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 no. I don't want my car driving itself. I want to have control of it. Because that artificial intelligence that's driving the car just may say, I want to get rid of Pastor Tony and go over the cliff. Some of you ladies will remember this. 
I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I don't want to, don't want you to show how old you are. But only after 1974, only after 1974 could a single woman get a credit card. I didn't know that until I started looking at some of this stuff. Before 1974, if you were a single woman, you could not get a credit card on your own. You either had to be a married woman or you had to have a father or someone that would sign for you to get you that credit card. Unbelievable. Half a century of technological advances has put a computer now practically in every home. Um, when When I think about it, Sharon and I both have smartphones, little computers. Uh, we both have iPads and we both have laptops. That's, my God, that's six in my house. And you know what I found out? And you can believe this or not, but I know it's true. Siri listens to everything you say. Not only that, Sharon and I sometimes can be talking about something and then we'll go on Facebook later that day and Facebook will have an advertisement of what we've been talking about. Come on now. I mean, I believe in progress, but we need to tap the brakes somewhere along the way. And I know that probably the majority of you out there today will say, oh, but it's all good. It's all good. Well, we'll see. Pastor recently has been talking about the different generations that we have. Matter of fact, let me pull this up. Here are the generations that we have gone through just since 1901. From 1901 to 1924 was the greatest generation. From 25 to 45 was the silent generation. And then from 1946 to 1964 were the baby boomers. I'm part of the baby boomers. Then from 65 to 80 was Generation X. From 81 to 96, millennials. From 97 to 2012, Generation Z. And this is the one I absolutely didn't know. From 2013 until 2025, they will be known as Generation Alpha. Now, the reason I began to look at that, I had heard something very interesting that someone said that eventually they said that Generation Z is going to take over the world. (laughs) Generation Z doesn't even know how to write a check. Generation Z has never addressed an envelope. Generation Z does not know how to read cursive. They can't read a paper map. They've never understood the frustration of trying to fold it back up once they have read it. And if they don't have GPS on their phone, they have to stay home because they don't know how to get anywhere. So this is what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that if Generation Z takes over the world, it's going to be pretty easy to get it back from them. (laughs) 
because all we've got to do is write our battle plans in cursive on paper and they'll never know what we're up to. <laughs> how many of your generation Z? Let me let me see how many enemies I've made this morning. Oh, not too many out there. Okay, I'm safe. Security, keep an eye on them, please. Now, here's the very serious part. We have men identifying as women. We have women identifying as men. And I, I, people have asked me, why are they doing that? Why is this happening so much? Let me tell you a very cynical, sadistic reason, but I believe it to be true. Satan has done everything he can do, and he's done very well at it, at killing generations through abortion. But I believe this, this thing that's happening now about uh, people identifying of, as genders that they were not born as, Satan is up to destroying generations in this manner as well. Because if you were born a man, God has plans and a destiny for you as a man. And if you were born a woman, God has plans and a destiny for you as a woman. Because the Word of God says that He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He had plans for you. And we need to begin to stand against what the enemy is doing. Love those who are confused. Love those who are going through that situation. But we need to stand against the operative and the plans of what Satan is doing in lives to steal generations from the presence of God. You know, if all we had to do was identify and that made us a certain way, then let me tell you, a long time ago, I would have identified as a 195 pound, six foot three wide receiver instead of what's before you today. Well, I could say I identify as that and go up here to Nashville in the summer and try out for the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I'd find out right quick that my identity is wrong. I thank God for who he's made me to be. I never apologize for who I am. Someone was telling me this morning that the reason they love me is because I'm real. Well, I hope I am. I don't know any other way to be but to be real. But to be real in Christ. To never promote myself. To always promote Jesus Christ. And when we lose that identity we're unable to promote Jesus Christ. But with who I am and who he's made me, who he's called me to be, I can promote Jesus Christ. And then we go and, and understand that the World Wide Web really began to change things in 1991. Um, a matter of fact, I remember growing up, we only had three television channels. How many of you remember that? And, and matter of fact, I think my parents were so sadistic that they named their remote control. You know what its name was? Tony, yeah. Tony, go change the channel. And to get, and where I grew up in Easley, South Carolina, it was 4, 7, and 13. 4, 7, 
7 to 13. You had to turn it every single time. But dear Lord, has that changed? We have hundreds, hundreds of television stations, television channels. We have video channels, country, MTV with rap, whatever, whatever kind you want to listen to, it's there on the television because things are changing and they're going to continue to change. As a matter of fact, in Mark chapter 13, it talks about wars and rumors of wars. Now, I remember growing up that there was the Vietnam War. But, and maybe some of you know better than me, but that's all I can remember when I was growing up was just a war in Vietnam. And then when that was over in the early 70s, um, it was over. But it's almost like today, there's one war after another. There's one country after another. There's one threat after another. But let's read what Jesus said in Mark 13, beginning at verse 7. He said, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen. So people, don't be alarmed. I don't care what's going on over there. I don't care how many bombs are dropped and I wish that would quit. I pray against it. I truly do. But I'm not going to be alarmed. I'm not going to be fearful because Jesus said these things are going to happen. Such things must happen, he said, but the end is still to come. Verse 8 says, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes. Oh my God. Can you believe the earthquakes that are happening now? Once again, growing up, we would hear maybe of one large earthquake every decade or two, but now they're happening at regularity and literally thousands upon thousands of people are being killed in those earthquakes. Earthquakes in various places and famines, these are the beginning of birth pains. Turn over to the book of 1 Thessalonians and and I'll be there with you in just a moment. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. What bothers me about today is that people, even Christians, are saying that they wish that they could have been born at a different time in history. But you know, I don't care what time of history you look back to, there was always problems. There was always difficulty. Satan was always working, trying to overtake what God had created. I I don't feel that way. I rejoice that God saw fit to give me life in the time that he did. And matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, I am hoping, I am planning on being here and being alive when Jesus comes again and comes back for his church. But even if I'm not alive, I'm going to go up and meet him, hallelujah. I'll be one of the first ones to go. So it doesn't matter to me, alive or dying, I'm going to see Jesus very soon. Look at what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 16. For the Lord himself, 
will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. If you've had a loved one who has died and gone to be with the Lord, they're going to come out of that grave first when Jesus comes. And you know what? I don't believe it's going to be a quiet event. Because Jesus, it says, is going to come with a shout. There's going to be a trumpet sound. People are going to know something is happening in the world. What's next? Jesus has come, and now the world is going to ooh, begin to enter into some tribulation. It says, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first after that. We who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Now listen to this, verse 18. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Guys, that's why I've almost entirely quit watching news. Used to, when I'd get up and preach, I'd talk about being the news hound that I was. I loved news. I loved going from channel to channel. But what I have found out today, it's all negative. It's all negative. It's all negative. And I don't care which side of the political spectrum you're on. You can find any channel to find your way of standing, and they're going to be negative against the other side. All of God's creation is against one another. So I've just about quit listening to all news because this is why. I want to encourage you when I speak to you so I read the good news. I want to give you hope when I speak to you so I read the good news. I want to speak to you about the joy of the Lord so I read the good news. We need to allow the good news of God, the Word of God to infiltrate our hearts and to change our minds so that we can do what Paul said, and that was to encourage one another until Jesus Christ does come back. You're not going to hear me being negative about what's going on in the world today. I may make some little snide, silly remarks about things, but I'm not going to be negative because God has put me here at this time. He's put me here to share Jesus Christ. He's put me here for people to see Jesus in me, to hear Jesus in my words. And I give praise that he is coming back. And it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but I'm convinced that it is very, very soon. And so we need to do all we can to bring as many as we can into the kingdom of God. And then when they come into the kingdom of God, encourage them, encourage them, encourage them with the good news of Jesus Christ. But as we're encouraging one another with those words... What's next? Well, go over to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, chapter 14. We're going to read here where Jesus said that the works he was doing, that we were going to do those works and even greater ones. And I know when I was a young Christian, Uh, probably in my late teens when I really began to look at the Word of God and I began to see that and I'd say, God, how, how are we going to do greater works than what Jesus has done? Well, 
in John 14, beginning at verse 12, Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Now, people, my Bible has those words in red. That was Jesus himself speaking. And I can tell you what, Jesus has never lied, never will lie. He is not a liar. Everything he says is yes and no. And when he says something, you can stand on that. He said, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. And they will do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and here it comes and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever Who is that? The Spirit of truth. Who is that? That's the Holy Spirit. That's that's who was given. We celebrated last Sunday, Pentecost Sunday. He was who was given on Pentecost Sunday. Given to all who would be open and receptive of His anointing and His indwelling in their lives. But guys, I'm here to tell you something this morning about the Holy Spirit. He is not a dove. That is just a symbol of the Holy Spirit. He is not fire. That is just a symbol of the Holy Spirit. He is neither oil, wind, or water. They're all symbols of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is God Himself. He has all of the authority. He has all the power. He has all of the wisdom. But just because he's the third person of the Godhead doesn't make him any less. He is God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I want every bit of God indwelling in me so that I can do the things that he's called me to do. Because I can't do them in myself. I can't do them in my flesh. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the authority. I don't have the power within myself. But by the power and authority and anointing of the Holy Spirit, I can do all things through Jesus Christ. Now somebody give God praise. Hallelujah. The day of Pentecost came. And all of those in the upper room were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then immediately as they had come down and people heard them speaking in their own language, Peter began to preach. He began to testify of Jesus. He began to tell the people what they had done to Jesus. And it says that 3,000 came to Christ that day. So we ask, how did this Loudmouth, denier of Christ, cussing, man with pride, do those things and lead 3,000 people to Jesus Christ. We know he was all of those things because we see them in the scripture. 
So how did he do it? By the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had filled him. The Holy Spirit had sent him out of that upper room that day. The Holy Spirit gave him the words to speak. Peter was one who was always fearful, even though he was a boastful, proud man among many. He was fearful at times. But on this day, there was no fear in him because he was full of the Holy Ghost. There was at times he didn't know what to say, but on this day, he knew exactly what to say because he was full of the Holy Spirit. And if you're ever in a situation that you're not sure what to say, or if you're fearful, just know that the Holy Spirit in you will give you everything you need to glorify God to speak to someone, to have a word of knowledge, to have a word of wisdom, to have faith, to lay hands on them and see them healed because the Holy Spirit was given to you, to me, to us so that we could do those things that even Peter and all of the other apostles did in the New Testament. What's next? That's what's next. That's what God has called us to do. Hallelujah. Go with me now over to Acts chapter 16. Acts 16. We sang the song, God Will Do It Again. And I'm I'm trying to remember, I don't think that it said anything about prisons. I know it talked about mountains and It talked about opening the waters and making them a highway and taking bones and turning them into an army. And all of that is absolutely true. But I know in preparation of this morning that God began to speak to me that there were so many in this congregation who are still living behind prison doors. I'm not saying that you're not born again. You are. I'm not even saying that you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit because you are. But for whatever reason, and and we'll look at some of those in just a moment, but for whatever reason, you have chosen to stay behind the prison door instead of coming out in the liberty and the freedom that is yours in Jesus Christ. I think it was even last Sunday, pastor spent some time on this in Acts chapter 16. Let me turn back there to it and get on the right page. Where uh, Paul and Silas had been going and preaching and there was a young female slave who began to speak and declare these men are men of God. And she just followed them around and did that. She really was a fortune teller and she was making money for her masters. She was a slave. And Paul finally got fed up with it and he turned around and he spoke to that spirit that was in her, told it to come out and it did. So no longer was she a fortune teller, okay? Because she was only doing it by spirit other than God's spirit. And so when her owners realized that they could no longer make money with her, they got mad.
I am convinced, and, and I slowed down a moment because I wanted to make sure I had freedom to say this. God is calling us and he will call us deeper to do things in the future that where in the past people have ignored us. But what's going to happen is there's going to be some people start losing some money. You know, you, you can touch people just about anywhere except their pocketbook. They don't want you to mess with their money. But I believe God is calling us in the future to be so on fire for Him, to be so in tune with what the Holy Spirit is saying that we're going to begin to be, will be used that will do things in people's lives, it'll touch their pocketbook and they're going to be mad at us. They're going to be upset with us. Just like what happened with Paul and Silas. They were upset with them. They turned the town against them. They cast them in jail, put them in the middle of the jail, put them in stocks and bonds. And so in verse 23, that's where I really want to begin. In Acts chapter 16, verse 23 after they had been severely flogged. And guys, I I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I know that there are pastors, there are people who are standing up for the Word of God. They are being put in jail these days uh, simply because they're standing for what God's Word says. And you know, even in America... Uh, matter of fact, if the right people listen to what I said a moment ago about men identifying as women and vice versa, they could get mad about that and, and try to do something because I'm telling you, Satan doesn't want to be revealed in any way in any corner of America. But there, there's a time now that Jesus Christ has called us to stand up for what is true and what is true is the Word of God. And, and I've heard pastors say it. And uh, uh, he said that if he has to go to jail, well, he just has to go to jail. And, and I'll be the one to bring him bread and water, okay? Uh, but seriously, if I have to go, I'll go with him. Because, guys, I'm going to stand for the Word of God. That's all I know to do. For 40, gee, I started pastoring in 77. I started preaching in 72, so it'll be 51 years. I've been preaching for 51 years. That's all I know to do is to preach the Word, preach what God says. But anyway, I'm getting off my target here. In verse 23, it says, After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Can you imagine that scene? They're in prison and Paul and Silas are singing hymns unto the glory of God. Now I know what some of us would be doing. Some of you may remember this and, and God... Y'all forgive me for the sound of my voice, but this is the song we'd be singing. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. 
If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. How many of you remember that? And every time they'd sing a part, one of them would go, But it sounds to me like the prisoners were listening. They were enjoying what they were hearing because Paul and Silas were singing hymns unto God. They were glorifying God. They were praising Him. And now let's pick it up again. At about midnight, they were praying and singing hymns to God, and other prisoners were listening to them. Verse 26, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? You know the reason they chose to stay in that prison? It was because they knew that God had given them a destiny to meet with that jailer and see that he come to Jesus Christ and even his whole household. Had they left, that jailer would have been killed and probably his household for dereliction of duty, but they stayed and he accepted Christ. But I'm telling you, there are some people today that God has given them a deliverance, that God has given them freedom, and they choose to remain in the prison that they've been in forever and ever. And here's why. It's because they've been in that prison so long that their identity has become whatever put them in that prison. And they think, if I were to ever step out of here, I would lose my identity. No, God wants to give you a brand new identity. Freedom, rejoicing, child of God, hallelujah. That's the identity that God wants to give you. A year or two ago, I began to ask God, why are we seeing such a degree of anger? I guess around the world, but I know especially here in America. And I know everything goes back to this, but I truly believe the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, it was because of COVID and everybody became so fearful of getting COVID and dying that their lives became full of stress. You know one of the symptoms of stress? Anger. Anger. I used to, and it's been a long time ago, but if people hollered at me for making a mistake on, on on the road driving, I'd I'd holler right back at them. (laughs) Now, a lot of times, this is what I'd do, literally. I'd look at my window and I'd go. (laughs) I wasn't going to cuss, but I wanted them to know I was just as upset with them as they were with me. And Sharon would say, Willis, would you stop it? And then she began to say, Willis, you're going to get a shot. Well, and it moved into that. 
And if you think back, now I know people have been shooting people forever, but it's gotten worse since COVID. And, and look, I'm not just using COVID as an excuse. I'm telling you what I heard in my spirit, that because of the stress that people were under about getting COVID, going to the hospital and dying, anger has come out in people's lives. You want me to tell you something? Anger is a spirit. And instead of screaming back at it, we need to take authority over it and cast it out of people's lives. Look, I don't know. I don't think I have to be with someone. But now I say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that spirit of anger and cast it out of you. Now, they may think I'm still going... But no, I'm not. I'm speaking to that spirit of anger and casting it out of their lives. Stress. It produces an anxiousness in people. It produces a nervousness or, or people being afraid. Stress produces the inability to enjoy life. Stress. Always worrying. Always tense about something. But God wants to set you free from that stress. He wants to set you free from that anger. He wants to set you free from that anxiousness. Right now in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, if you're exhibiting any of those, God is declaring freedom in your life. You need to receive it and give God praise and glory for it. Another prison is depression. We, we, we've seen that for years, and it is a it is a reality in people's lives. I've gone and ministered to, to people who were so depressed they couldn't even open the curtains in the house. They wouldn't get out of bed because depression had put them in those stocks, and they couldn't get out. Loneliness that is the big thing in 2023 that people are experiencing. And some people think that to experience loneliness that you have to be alone or that being lonely means that you don't have friends or that you don't have family around you. But you know what, guys? You can have a lot of social contact and a lot of family around you and still experience loneliness. Especially if those people who are around you don't understand you, don't try to understand you, they don't care for you, they don't truly love you. But I want to tell you something, and I declare it in the name of Jesus Christ, that Jesus not only understands you, that he loves you. Jesus accepts you where you are today, but he wants to take you from that place of loneliness and move you into the presence of the Lord himself. He wants to be with you. He wants to give you everything that you need right now. Open up your heart and let Jesus deliver you from loneliness in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. And now go to my last scripture to the book of Acts, chapter 5. Acts, chapter 5. What's next? Prison. What's next? Healing. Healing. Acts, chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. 
Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Verse 16, crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits. And listen to this. Usually we we have these words when Jesus was alive and walking on the earth, but these are his apostles. These are the ones he said that even greater work shall you do. Let me begin verse 16 again. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all, all, all of them were healed. Guys, I'm praying for a day when all who come into this building are healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I've got some testimonies I want to share with you. Teresa Smith Walker, diagnosed with cancer last year. But I was talking to Teresa just recently, and just within the last, I I, I want to say either week or two weeks, she received word from her doctor that she is cancer-free. I see Teresa right back there. Amen. Amen. John Bretherick, I don't know if John is back watching the the videos for security. But John Bretherick was, within the last year or so, diagnosed with cancer. He went through the treatments and everything, but as of December the 21st of uh, 22, he was declared cancer-free. Hallelujah. 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 I was diagnosed with prostate cancer in November of 2021. I went through surgery, and then in February of 2022, they told me I was cancer-free. I went back about two months ago. They did the blood work, and they said, Mr. Willis, it is so low that we can't even hardly put numbers with it. You are cancer-free. Hallelujah. So if that wasn't enough, he went after Sharon. And so in October of last year, she was diagnosed with uterine cancer. We, she, she began to pray about it. Matter of fact, let me show you something, guys, why you need to pray. She asked, and her doctor innocently, the nurse in the office, gave her a referral to some gynecologist over in Huntsville. So Sharon looked him up on the internet, on the internet, and she began to see their, their pages. They're all for abortion. Matter of fact, they encouraged all of their patients to get out and protest and to stand in favor of abortion. And Sharon said, Tony, I can't go to that place where they believe in death. So she looked again and God gave her a doctor at UAB. She went down. She had the surgery that she needed. He told uh, Josh and I, he said, now I'll probably have to come out after I've gotten into the surgery, let you know where we are, let you know where the cancer is, and then I'll go back and finish it. He never came out. He never came out. He never came out. But I didn't worry. I knew God had it under control. And when he finally came out and talked to us, he said, Mr. Willis, he said, I did find cancer, 
But let me tell you something. It was so little around the other areas. I believe she's going to be all right. When she went back down to check on the markers, every marker cancer free. Hallelujah. 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 Jane Revis, who happens to be my youngest sister. Jane has been dealing with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma for over 18 years. She would have tumors come up anywhere and everywhere on her body. Sometimes they could do surgery and remove them, but most of the time it was either uh, chemotherapy or radiation. But she went two weeks ago. And guys, let me tell you, we have been praying and we have been praying. We've walked around that mountain and we've walked around that mountain, but we begin to declare. And let me tell you, my sister is a little prayer warrior. Uh, matter of fact, her oldest daughter told me and Sharon recently, she said, when mama gets to praying, I leave because mama gets loud. Mama slaps the walls. And Jane said, I'm loud because I'm telling the devil I'm healed. I'm slapping the walls because I'm slapping the devil. And two weeks ago, her doctors told her that she is cancer free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Guys, you need to understand something. God is doing something in our lifetime. He's always healed people. But I believe it's going to be exponentially what God is doing. There are going to be healings, great, wonderful, magnificent healings. I need to ask this question. If you're here today and God has healed you, maybe I didn't know about it, maybe I forgot about it. But you know you have reference from doctors, from the medical profession that you have been healed. I'm going to ask you to stand. Maybe I did call your name. and Oh, yes. Matter of fact, you were diagnosed with uh, leukemia. It was Hodgkin's, okay. But God healed uh, Joe of that cancer. Uh, I can't see everyone else. I don't know your stories. But look at this. Look around. Look at what God has done. Look at what God has done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all remain standing. I know, Tammy, you went through surgery recently, but God has set you free and healed you of cancer. One after another, God is doing the work. I'm going to ask our worship team if they would come on. I'm going to ask everybody else to stand up. Guys, I'm going to tell you, if you're here today and you're still back in a prison, whatever that prison is, and for whatever reason you haven't been able to step out of it yet, today is your day. If you're here this morning and you're experiencing a sickness, a disease in your body, today is your day of healing. Whatever you need, if you need salvation, today is your day of salvation. If you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, today is your day to be baptized in the Holy Spirit.